Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Battle City Broads, our Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast, where we are watching every episode of Toei's Yu-Gi-Oh! animation series and discussing it. And we are now at the final episode, talking about Toei's Season Zero. So that's very exciting. Uh, I am Ellie. And my name is Jenny. And yeah, like Ellie said, we'll be doing a bit of a retrospective today, sort of talking about our favorite and least favorite parts of Season Zero. Uh, and what we learned along the way. You know, it was an educational yes. experience at its core. Educational experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this episode is going to be a bit um, loose and like freewheeling because we don't really have a structure. I mean, we have a list of stuff that we want to talk about, mm-hmm. but I don't know what uh, exactly we're going to get to and like what order. And so I think we're just going to let the conversation carry us. God help us. Also, I think this episode is going to be uh, more lightly edited than some of the other ones because I'm literally, we are literally recording this the day before um, it's going to go up, mm-hmm. whereas normally uh, we record a little ways in advance. But this is just how the schedule worked out as like yeah. the most convenient. Today's kind of going to be friend simulator. You have two dorky friends who are discussing Yu-Gi-Oh! Season Zero with you. You know, really immerse yourself in that sort of atmosphere. ASMR. I mean, I feel like that's every episode of our podcast. Like, I don't feel like <laughs> we're true. really bringing a super professional tone <laughs> to the whole thing. That's true, but today even less so. So embrace it. Yeah, this is the even more chill version of this. Exactly. Exactly. Gonna have a little bit of chaos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, season zero. Wow. First of all, I want to say I'm proud of us for getting this far. I know it was only um what 27 episodes yeah. and then the movie and then some bonuses but it still feels like big accomplishment it is yeah when we started this i didn't know how far you know we always talk about these kind of projects not you just you in the general sense um yeah. and you're not sure if it's actually going to get off the ground and i have to thank you ellie because i feel like especially with your editing work like it really wouldn't have happened without you and like you pushed me to do this and it's been so much fun i love it so yeah i've had a really good time and i feel like um it's really rewarding for me Mm -hmm. like on a like fandom level being able to go through and go through these episodes and sort of think over them in detail because I do think that I would have just kind of um if I had watched these on my own I wouldn't have like thought so much about them and I definitely wouldn't have like Mm -hmm. had as much fun because I definitely had a lot of fun like trying to joke about them and then talking about them and dissecting all the weird implications and like weird decisions yeah and another a shout out big thank you to all the guests that have come on so far uh just because i think they also really elevated this podcast so if you have guested on our podcast and you're listening thank you so much you have been part of the fun and yes genuinely hope to have a lot of you guys back on again in the future uh except you you know who you are (laughs) (laughs) all all guests except for one and you guys can figure out who that is no um it's Susie. anyway (laughs) um uh so yeah so thank you because it's been fun and we'd love to have you back on for dual monsters as well as well as some more new guests along the way so just it's been it's been great introducing new people to Yu-Gi-Oh, talking with people with even more Yu-Gi-Oh experience than us and then uh some fellow people who have wandered paths and are joining us just on this portion of the journey <laughs> the, the the long and strange journey that is season zero exactly yeah 
So do you want to talk about, do we want to do our rankings first? Start off with like best yeah. and worst episodes? I think we should rotate between best and worst. We do one best, okay. one worst, one best, one worst. I did. Oh, so here's the problem. Mine aren't in order because you asked for a top three and I didn't think about. Mine are also not in order. Okay. You just go. So I think it'll still work. I thought you wanted to do a countdown or something, but I literally couldn't. No, no, it's not a countdown. <laughs> No, not a countdown, because I also couldn't or pick between the three. Yay, we're the same. Um, but I think it'll just, that way we can we can have a positive and then some negative. We could do some, like, a positive talk, some celebration, and then we can yeah. trash talk. We won't get into, I think like... I'm very interested to see whether our lists of three best and worst cross over or not. Because... I kind of surprised myself, so I think, I think it'll be interesting. Yeah, I also surprised myself when I sat down to make this list, because... So I'll just tell you, like, this is my methodology, was I tried to think about, like, if I was going to sit down and watch and rewatch some of this, mm -hmm. which episodes would I be the most likely to go for, for rewatching? And which episodes would I just, like, not be excited about watching again? Yeah, my criteria was kind of similar. Another thing that I did was I was looking through my notes, and I have two sections of notes. One is kind of like a summary section, and then one is, like, amusing things or jokes to say so another credential i had was one when what were the episodes where like my joke columns were like particularly good or long or funny or where i was like oh there's just no content to work oh, with okay because that like that like marks how much fun you had watching the episode that's a exactly, good metric yeah. yeah my i don't do my notes like that so all right well how about we get started and let's start off with one of our worst episodes we'll go worst best okay worst sure. best worst best and yet again remember this is not in order for our listeners this is just three of our our top three and top least favorite three not in okay. any particular order yeah. um so, so i can start, start if you'd like yeah, yeah go ahead okay so uh this was pretty easy for me i immediately remembered the one that one of the ones that i didn't like which was episode 17 uh, a last minute match the model that invites which is the one with eileen oh, i'm not a huge fan of that episode i thought the lack of the gang was not very fun I the game was okay. There are some with worse games that I ranked kind of worse or are also included in the worst list, but it just didn't click with me at all. Um, just didn't find it fun. I thought it had a. Lot, I think one of the reasons I went as worst is that on its surface, like having a super am cool Amazonian evil model lady with a tiger and playing a great this cool concept. new game. A great concept. Yeah. And it just totally fell flat for me. So yeah, one of my least favorites. That's very fair. Yeah, that episode is not on my worst list, but I I could definitely see it as I, I could definitely see your reasonings. Mm -hmm. I think I had a hard time um with this ranking overall because honestly I feel like I would give a lot of this show a rating of like, oh, this is pretty good, but I had a few issues here and there. Like, like three the, out of five kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like my difference between my best episodes and worst episodes is not as drastic as it is for like just some other like TV shows that I've seen that I could think yeah. of. Like I think it's a relatively consistent show overall. But Yeah, I will say yeah. the, the my next two worst I like actively dislike. This one mm, okay. I just was like, eh, like just I just feel nothing. And it's it's a bummer because like the game masters should have been a little more oomph and Eileen's kind of cool in concept, but I just feel nothing. I just feel nothing. So what about you, Ellie? What's one of your worst one of your worst? My the first one on my um worst episode list was episode 12, which is the one with um, Fuwa of the Game Masters, the guy who was just so lucky, and that was his whole thing was luck. 
Um, and that's because I thought that Fua was like, I thought he was a really annoying one-off mm-hmm. villain. Agree. And thinking about all of the logistics of the like luck and the, this sort of weird concept that where you can transfer your luck to other people or whatever, it just fucking like does my head in. Like it didn't make sense to me, and that bothered me. The logistics bothered me, and also. Um, Oh, I had one more point against it. Oh, I wanted them... I wish they had done more with the idea of a game show. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like that was a little underused because that was a cool concept, but they didn't do much with it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, totally. those are my... That's my reasoning. I think this just shows that the Game mon- Master is cool in concept, and I especially do like the Game Master's episode with uh, but- the Butler Diamond. I think that's, like, a pretty solid episode. But, yeah, like, I like that one, too. In general, the concept of, like, oh, there's four people who are good at dual monsters and all this kind of stuff pretty much all of them at Diamond kind of fall flat for me, which is, it's a wasted potential. And yeah. I know we're going to talk about this a bit more in the episode about, like, what the anime added. And I think some of the stuff was really good. I wouldn't consider the Great Masters, the Great Game Masters, should I say, a complete detriment, but they were just not worth it, if that makes sense. Mm. This is a little bit of a um, sidetrack, because mm-hmm. we still need to do more of the rankings, <laughs> but I think that for me, something that would have really improved the Game Masters is I really like this whole, this, the trope of like a villain squad that you have yeah. to fight your way through. Um, by the way, Sailor Moon is the best series of all time for like chump mini-boss villains. Like every single <laughs> Sailor Moon like low mid-level villain is a fucking delight. So I think that the Game Masters would have been really... Uh, Sailor Moon also made by Toei, I think, so they should have brought some of that energy here. Yeah. Um, but I think that some of the Game Masters... The Game Masters would have worked better if we had seen them, like, working together. That's exactly... I was. I call that the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure dynamic, especially. Yes, where it's similar, like you, yeah, yeah. you not only get a sense of them as people and they're, like, fun characters, because I think Yu-Gi-Oh! Season Zero... There is a lot of potential because they are fun, archetype, weird characters. But, like, it would have been so fun to see. Like, I would love to see Ryu, the luck guy, interact with, like, the guy with the doll collection. Like, that just would have been so bizarre and weird. Uh, And then, like, Eileen and Diamond, like, having tea and all this kind of stuff. Like, it would have been fun. um, We saw Fua and Eileen together for, like, two seconds in the Death Tea episode. But we didn't see, like, them really having a dynamic. They were just both there. Mm -hmm. So you definitely get the impression the four of them, like, know each other and I just want to see them all having to hang out and um this is a little again this is such a sidetrack but you know what another series that has absolutely stellar like villains with weird personalities working together Naruto mm-hmm. I want like the Akatsuki dynamic with these guys the Akatsuki from Naruto are fucking hysterical because they're all paired off in groups and it's just like workplace bickering between like these evil villains with their master plan I would have loved that for the game masters that's true honestly actually Naruto could have done that even more like I actually think there's like lots of fandom interpretation of the Akatsuki that gives them even more of that fun stuff but at least even the potential is there yeah the potential is is great and it's funny and then the the few interactions you do see see are liter are just the funniest shit of all time so exactly it's great um okay so let's get back to um the rankings mm-hmm. um so for do you want to go and give one of your best episodes yes i'd love to okay so one of my best one of my favorites is episode 11 which is the rumored catmon it's new arrival um so this is a miho heavy <laughs> episode if you remember this is how Catmon is introduced in season zero. So it's got the creepy college student Warashibe who ha- develops an intense crush 
on Miho, and ver- there's various shenanigans. This is so funny how we differ, because I almost put this on my worst. <laughs> I was picking 11, I was like, I know Ellie will not, li- like, does not like this. I love this episode. Yeah, because we talked about this when we did that episode. It hits everything I like. It's got great Miho content. Um, I like Capsule Monsters. It's actually one of my favorite games. Um, and it's just funny. Like, there's just so much funny content. It's That's like true. not an ab- abhorrent Honda episode. Uh, I actually had to when I was picking my favorites. No spoilers, but I had to really limit myself because, like, my first draft, it was like I almost put the three Miho centric <laughs> episodes as my three favorites. But I was Bless like, you. <laughs> but legitimately, there are ones I liked more. But I was very tempted. That's fair. But I think this one is my absolute favorite, just because I love the big egg. I love. I love this kind of starts or develops the trope of like there's the warehouse. It's an excellent example of UD just befriending gamers no matter how creepy they are. <laughs> yes. It's just, to me, it's like a perfect example of like a of a Yu-Gi-Oh! season zero episode. Not a Yu-Gi-Oh! episode, but a season zero. What like what That's makes actually, season zero unique? I actually totally agree with you that it's a really great exemplar of some of the like what the fuck nonsense and also like just delightful aspects of this season yeah um so my uh first in no particular order on my list of best episodes is episode six which is the second shoddy episode um which i picked because um i wasn't sure this is almost kind of a stand-in for like it and the other shoddy episode because i was like oh i just i because i quite like both of the shoddy episodes but i think that one edges it out for me but i really like how we're getting you get like more lore about the series mm-hmm. and um i really like the shadow game where like the monster comes out of the ground and grabs uh yami which i'm pretty sure is in the second half mm-hmm. and then um the thing with like i think we called him pastel joey yeah. <laughs> where there's like an illusion of joey and Chadi is like i can't believe that you know friendship and i'm pretty sure this is also the episode where we get to see inside of anzu's like mind room which mm-hmm. i think is cool and yugi's and we see you like yami's mind room with the like mc escher staircase bullshit um so good and so i like Shadi. um i think he's intriguing and mysterious and i like that like a melody in my head yes exactly and i just love i like that stuff in the manga and i think that it was like adapted really well in the anime i absolutely agree yeah that's a that's a really strong one and the one thing i would i not necessarily disagree with is i actually slightly prefer the first shoddy episode Hmm. but i love them both so i i get where you're coming from absolutely but uh very solid yeah i couldn't i couldn't quite pick between the two of them but i think i just ended up settling on the second one because it has more of the I guess, like, emotional heft of the, like, Yugi and Joey and stuff. The Yugi-Joey game is amazing. That is, that is really good. Okay, should we go back to worst episodes? Heck yeah. Okay, so... What's your second worst? My second worst? Uh, this... I don't think this will surprise you, but I think this is kind of mean. My second worst is episode 26, the second to last, uh, Clash Ooh. of Rivals, The Greatest Pinch. It's basically the middle episode of the Zork trilogy. Uh, which we just reviewed a couple weeks ago. Uh, I think this is just really boring. That's my key thing. That's really valid. I th- I thought about putting this one on there. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, I was having fun when like when I was watching this, but then I was like, I mean, it was pretty boring though. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. I I had fun watching it because I was watching it with my sister who was guest starring, and then also her boyfriend. Shout out Jack if you're listening. Um, but 
it was like kind of fun just because I was watching with somebody new. But I mean, yeah, I was just going through my notes and I was like, very little kind of happens. Like the one good thing I think happens is that the two UVs see each other. But it's such a small moment, and the rest of the episode is just such yeah. a nothing burger. And the first episode has a lot of fun Bakura stuff, and then the last episode, of course, has it wraps up the series. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this one was just kind of a dud for me. And I remember when we were going over it, also saying it was kind of boring. But there's episodes that I think are technically worse, but at least they're fun because they're so mm-hmm. crazy or weird. Whereas this is just boring, just boring. So. Yeah, I um I didn't put that on my list, but the second thing on my list of worst episodes is a very similar reasoning. Mm-hmm. I went for episode twenty three, which is the capsule monster Capcom King episode. Yeah, which it's the stage of death tea where uh, Yami fights Mokuba and capsule monsters. And even though I love Mokuba, so I was looking at the list of episodes on the Yu Gi Oh wiki, like which are my best and worst, and I was like. I can't even remember what happened in this. Like, it made almost no impression on me. And it's not even like a manga to anime adaptation complaint or anything, because that part of the manga also is like, just, I feel like it's just kind of there. Like, it doesn't super stand out. I mean, and I remember, I remember like moments with Mokuba in them that I liked. Mm-hmm. I didn't go back and like rewatch every episode for this or anything. So some stuff I have forgotten, like what happened when. Yeah. I remember there being moments with Mokuba in them, but all of the like specific season zero Mokuba moments that I could remember as sticking out and being like that was a really good Mokuba moment. They weren't in this episode, which is I, which is like his feature episode. Embarrassing for him. Whatever capsule monsters. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, what's up? It's me, um, editing Ellie from the future as I'm about to post this. I realized while I was editing this episode that I made a dumb mistake picking this Capmon episode as my worst because I didn't double check for a summary of what happened in it and I was just relying purely on a list of episode titles to jog my memory. I got mixed up between the different Death Tea episodes and I totally forgot that episode 23 is also the one with the scene where Yugi tells his friends about his other self, which is a great scene that we loved. So that absolutely elevates this episode and it really doesn't deserve to be on my worst list, although I would still say the capsule monster half of it is boring. I don't know how I managed to forget that this episode also has this and is not just Catmon. Although uh, Jenny didn't point out my mistake to me either, so who's really at fault? Hmm? Um, I also went back and re-listened to our show on this episode, and I remember that during this was when we were talking about how we goofed up and forgotten some things in our planning. So uh, I've decided that the whole Death Tea arc is actually just cursed with a bad memory spell that makes us say stupid shit on the podcast. Anyways, I'm changing my pick for worst to agree with Jenny's previous choice of the boring middle Zork episode, because honestly, I couldn't really think of any other episodes that I didn't like. Okay, uh, cool. Now that I have made this revision to my statements, uh, I will turn this back over to us from yesterday. (laughs) Thanks. See ya. So for a very similar reason. I'm also not a huge fan of Capsule Monsters, the game, which I know you just said that you were, but for me, I'm I'm not, so. Well, I mean, I will, I will say the problem is 
I think Capsule Monsters, the first episode, uh, the one that I chose for my best, it kind of replicates the first chapter that you see Capsule Monsters in, which is like a very simple but good like little trick that Yugi does to win. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the second Capsule Monsters, even in the manga, is just not as... Is it is a fun. bit like, stop trying to make Capsule Monsters it's cool. happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I agree with that, at least. But I do love the first Capsule Monsters duel, so... So yeah, so that makes sense okay. though. But that, yeah, that's the problem is you can be as weird or even as bad as you want, but boring is probably one of the worst things you can be. So totally, totally. So what's your next um, best episode? Yeah, so my next best is, and I think this might be on your list, but my next best is actually the first episode. I really oh, that's like- mine. Also, my next yeah! best episode. <laughs> I actually, <laughs> this is the one where I was like, Ellie and I, I think we might both pick it. Okay, yeah. So let's- <laughs> it's funny that we both put it second in our not ordered list. <laughs> yeah, so let's just talk about it. I mean, I just think it's such a good introduction to the series. Um, Yami is at his best by far. It's so, like, he's so feral. Yes, his most feral witch. Yeah, exactly. Just, like, unhinged. Um, the setup of the Joey-Yugi dynamic, which is really good. Like, it's just the core of the series. So good. good, generic, uh, but, like, still intimidating, unlikable villain. I just think it's a really, really good setup episode. And it's just so fun. And I don't want to get too into this, but... Uh, I think I know what you're going to say. <laughs> Compared to the first episode of Duel Monsters. Yes, which we've already watched. Which we have watched. Which you're, next week you'll hear our opinions. <laughs> uh, we hadn't watched the first episode of Duel Monsters in a while. The beginning of season zero is far out an insanely stronger sell. Uh, insanely, insanely stronger start to the series. Just in terms of setup pacing characterization yeah. everything so i don't know if that influenced you a bit but also i just... literally think that if i was telling somebody who if somebody was like i want to get into Yu-Gi-Oh, but i hate like reading and i only want to watch the anime yeah. what should i do to start i think i would probably tell them to like watch a couple of the specific episodes of season zero including the first one and then mm-hmm. go to duel monsters instead of starting duel monsters i would i would genuinely agree I think you could do, like, the first three episodes of season zero and then, like, Death Tea and then, like, be, like, start Duel Monsters now. I think you could get away with that. Yeah, totally. But, yeah, so what What are some of the reasons you chose episode one as one of your I favorites? mean, pretty much everything you said. Like, yeah. it's just really solid. And I've always really liked that, the opening. And, I mean, I mean like it's pretty close to the manga and like I and I think that that manga that first manga chapter is an extremely solid uh start mm-hmm. which like I think that um a lot of manga series have a really strong start because they, got a they kind of in. had to nail it right away in order in order to to make it in the cutthroat world of shonen jump um mm-hmm. and yeah it's it's good and I think that the 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 thing that's different from the manga is the way that they replaced the shadow game to be like less violent but i think that what they replaced it with was like equally cool and equally um has an equally uh like intriguing uh you know air of getting you into the series and getting you interested so absolutely agree yeah yeah Yeah, so I, i that was the one where i was like i think we might have similar taste on that so i'm glad that we synced up perfectly just proving that the hive mind continues to function but yeah you've we said it all it's just a and we'll get more into our general feelings about season zero but that's just something it knocks out of the park so and yeah what a way to do it so let's knock out our last worst, worst. episode picks then okay 
so my last worst episode is another late game episode, which I'm not realizing. So my three worst are all in the later half of the season, which is kind of a bummer because I'm realizing it, I feel like it ends a little weaker than it starts. Mm-hmm. Mine are all my yeah. other one is number 18. Don't touch the forbidden game. That's my is... last worst episode <laughs> as well. So we're, in, we're more in sync than I thought we were going to be. Well, we I think we've synced in for one best and one worst so far. That's a pretty good hit. Good, yeah, good we'll, hit we'll see if our last... I do not think that my one of my, my last best will be on your list, but you yeah. sometimes you surprise me. Okay, so let's have a, a dual discussion on why 18 sucks. No. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll so tell 18... you what... Okay, yeah, yeah you go you... first. I'll tell you what I put. I don't like the villain... Yes. Like Imori, I don't think he's interesting. He's a pussy. No. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the game doesn't make a lot of sense. It's so bad. It's not my least favorite game, but it's I will bad. say for, for like what the fuck factor, the thing where it's like Tokyo is going to be destroyed and then they never <laughs> explain that. And also like this is set in Domino City and not Tokyo question mark. That is very funny, but it's also definitely shows that the writing is like sloppy in that episode. They've got like islands sinking. Yeah. Like like every episode, it has a couple of fun Bananas. moments. It has a couple of fun moments. But yeah, I agree. And Nori is not very strong as a just as a character because he's kind of like an yeah. anti-villain he's not quite a villain but the game takes so much time out of the episode um like the only two little highlights are like you said the just the complete weirdness of oh this game can apparently destroy islands <laughs> and also i like the little blip of joey being jealous that yugi might find a new little goth boyfriend <laughs> yes <laughs> and getting weird fun. about it but yeah so does not compensate for it. the mix of like the game is bad and also it Yet again, the cardinal sin of it's boring. Uh, yeah, like, I feel like this... It's a weak chapter, too. It, it, like you said, it is boring. It is also, it is a pretty weak chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, uh, like, they kind of missed out on... They didn't really add anything that spiced it up mm-hmm. when they were taking it from the chapter to the anime episode. I mean, if I was gonna... I don't know why this is now, like, we're script-doctoring Toei's uh, Aunt Yu-Gi-Oh, but, like what you just said about Joey being jealous, maybe a way to sort of fix this one or to make it more interesting would be to lean more on the like character interaction stuff. Mm-hmm. Like if Imori was a little more sympathetic and less annoying. Absolutely. And yeah. like they played more with like Joey, like maybe Yugi's other friends were like, oh, that guy seems sketchy. And it was mm-hmm. more about like, is Yugi being too trusting again and it was more about like putting a little conflict in Mm -hmm. between like yugi and his friends because that's something that we don't really get a lot of is like conflict like within the gang and i think it was a very on-brand conflict for them to be like and almost a good character moment for them to be like you you keep on trusting these people these weird gamer people who take advantage of you and hurt you and like them not even doing it out of like meanness, but literally like trying to watch out for him and Yugi's like good nature coming in. And then they could have gone either direction to have Amori actually be evil, or they could have Amori. I honestly, a more interesting approach would have had Amori be kind of like an asshole and abrasive and like antisocial. But it turns but out he's evil, yeah. he actually is kind of a good kid, and Yugi maybe was right. Like they could have gone either way, and it would have been more interesting. But they just totally mm-hmm. went this weird middle path, so it was just completely non-effective. Yeah. All right, so, yeah. so L for Amori. Our last best episode. Yes. What's yours? Okay, so my last best episode is episode number fifteen. Mm. Uh, scary woman unable to transform. Yeah. So this is I thought the one, about that one. This is the one with Riza Kagiyama, who is probably 
She's my favorite one episode villain. She's not my favorite mm, villain. That's very legit. Uh, or her and her sisters, should I say, all three of the Kageyama sisters, love their designs. I love the shenanigans of like her. Just like every time Yugi turns around even slightly, she just goes total bitch face. I love that. <laughs> yes. Um, love the witchcraft stuff. I love how there isn't even really a shadow game. It's just them dueling and Seto actually wins for him. Like, yeah. I-, I love Yami, but it was really interesting to have a no Yami episode where he's just unable to transform it was really cool and the fact that it was completely this was completely unique to the anime to season zero uh i thought was actually a really strong showcase of the writing which yet again so it's like and we talked about this how the four game masters are kind of weak if she had been or her sisters had been as a group one of the four game masters that would have been way more interesting because like she's a freak and her interacting with people would have been really fun. So I, I just love this episode. I think we even talked in our podcast episode of the, on that episode about how we wanted to see like more of her in Kaiba interacting and thought that would be like a fun dynamic. And I think it's, um, it's implied that they've even like fought each other in Duel Monsters. Exactly. Before, yeah. Yeah. So like that would have been really cool. We get to see the blue eyes again. My wife. Kaiba being like mad fucking jealous that a girl that someone else wants to play card games with Yugi is hilarious. There's a lot of <laughs> dynamics that are really funny, and also uh, the Anzu Yugi dynamic in that episode is really good. Um, oh my god! See, now that we've talked about that, now that we've talked about that episode, I'm looking at my list where it has my last best episode pick, and then underneath I put honorable mentions witches episode and golf episode (laughs) and now i'm like maybe i i almost want to just like be like wait i changed my mind maybe i like this better than my last but i'm just gonna stick with what i initially put down yeah no let's have some diversity i'm curious yeah which is kind of a um this is the one where I surprised myself because I was, as I was like looking at the episode list and like going through the episodes in my head, I, this wasn't one that immediately jumped to the top of my mind for like, this is the best one. But then as I was going through them, I realized that it ranked. And um, I like episode 10, which is the beautiful teacher, a secret mask, I think is what it's called. And yeah. it's the one with uh, Chono sensei, who is the, mean teacher at their school and um then there's a shadow game with the mirror uh broken mirror that she has to put together so what i like about this one is um this is one where i like it for a lot of the stuff that the anime added Mm -hmm. so i felt like putting this on kind of like you just said with the um risa kageyama episode being like anime original this was kind of one where i wanted to put it on as like a shout out to like what toei added because mm-hmm. i feel like it was elevated by the stuff that they added because in this one what they added was they changed the shadow game and i think that the like putting the mirror together is cooler and more appe- like aesthetic just more aesthetically appealing and like just more fun to watch than the puzzle thing in the um mm-hmm manga and also they added um this like subplot about Anzu having like with rules at the school if you remember that where Anzu is like complaining about wanting the rules changed I remember really liking that yeah yeah and I liked that I thought it was like a really good I thought it was very like great Anzu good little padding subplot to add because I thought it really was very like in character for Anzu and was like a fun thing to see her doing totally agree yeah and also the other thing that's like the anime added or whatever was I remember really liking the voice acting for Miss Chono in that. Very true. 
I love the scene where the little kid runs into her and she goes like <laughs> yes. evil, like ho 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 mo-. Like that that was a really I, I remember that scene a lot. Yeah. Yeah, so shout out to that that voice actress who, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure we mentioned this on that episode, but I looked up the voice actress and that she plays Tsunade in Naruto also Mm -hmm. and a bunch of other stuff. Obviously a more benevolent version of that character, but like very similar vibes in a way, which is really fun. (laughs) Fuck them kids. (laughs) Fuck them kids. Fuck them kids positive versus fuck them kids very negative. (laughs) All right, well. Yeah, that, okay, so that was kind of interesting. There was one overlap for best and worst for both of us, which I think shows I that we have similar taste and the quality is, like, kind of consistent in that way. But it was, to me, the best part was that when I was looking for the three worst, it was actually kind of hard for me to s- scrape up three. Yeah, me too. Uh, which I thought was a good sign. And for best, I actually did also, I had two honorable mentions as well. My two honorable mentions were number seven, the digital pet one, which I'll, we'll talk mm-hmm. more about in a bit. Um, and then uh, my other honorable mention was the golf one as well. Nice. Okay, so we both like the golf one. Yeah. All right. Both of those will come up, I think, later in this episode in different ways. But yeah, okay, so pretty solid. So Cool, 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 cool. So do you want to do... We had some other stuff that we wanted to rank mm-hmm. um, that were your suggestions, and then I had some... I had some questions and thoughts. So I'm looking at our, our, our timing and we've already been recording for half an hour, which is pretty good. I was really worried that we weren't going to be able to fill enough space, but now I'm like, maybe this episode's going to be kind of long, actually. Um, guys, it turns out we have a lot of opinions. <laughs> Never <laughs> underestimate our ability to talk about Yu-Gi-Oh! Well, these next mm-hmm. rankings aren't won't take as long. So how about yeah, I definitely. how about yeah, I run through ahead. them and then we can do get to the discussion question. So first, sure. this is not a ranking, but I did want to mention that in one of the episodes I mentioned I wanted to keep track of episodes where Yugi does not does get beat up in. But we realized it would probably be easier to keep track of episodes in which Yugi does not get beat up in statistically. It happens so many times. Poor boy. So he does not get beat up in nine out of the twenty-six episodes. So wow, what a sad hit rate. But that does say that sixty-five percent of the episodes in season zero, Yugi gets the shit beat out of him. So, that is so sad. Not a great rate for for our boy. <laughs> Sorry for our Please, boy. Please, someone protect him. I mean, he has. There are people protecting him, but also... Speaking of people <laughs> protecting him... Yeah, great segue. One thing I did want to ask about was, Ellie, what was your favorite Yami transformation? Yeah, so my favorite Yami transformation sequence, which they get kind of creative with a couple of these. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I had two okay. that immediately came to mind. I decided to just go with whatever immediately popped into my head rather than trying to, like... I thought about, like, going back and looking at each one, or honestly, there's probably some, like, YouTube compilation of there all of There is a compilation. <laughs> nice. I did not, because I, and I didn't do that. I decided, like, if it made enough of an impression on me for it to be the first one to pop up in my head, then it's That's the best one. That's smart, yeah. And so I had two, so I had um, ver- the very first one for the first episode, because mm-hmm. it's very epic, and there's, like, all this swelling music, and I like how he, like, reaches out with one hand and plays gently places the last puzzle piece in place mm-hmm. or the one from the um go- like the hospital golf episode and that one is for visual and emotional reasons because it happens first of all i think it's awesome that it happens because he's so pissed off about uh Genocchi being sad and mm-hmm. but also visually it's very cool where you see him like walking in the sunset and his shadows stretching over the ground i dig that mm-hmm. Uh, so this might surprise you, but actually one of my favorite 
So for transformations, I kind of had to. Um, in terms of like actually cool fist pumping, I also put the beach one in episode 16, just because like, yet again, exactly for reasons you said, aesthetically and emotionally. Though I, what I ended up choosing as my actual favorite, that was more of an honor, uh, honorable mention, is actually from one of my least favorite episodes from the model episode, um, episode mm-hmm. 17. Because is that the gets... one where he gets this like a Sailor Moon transformation? Magical yeah. girl transformation. <laughs> yes, that was fun. I was hooping and hollering. It's so funny because you look at the compilation and they're all serious and lots of like shadow themed and like shadows on walls and da da da. I mean, they're all very cool, but Monotony is broken up with literally this like magical girl type transformation, and it was like, so sparkles. funny. I was like, oh yeah, this is probably my favorite actually. So love that for him. Two favorites for very different reasons. Sixteen, right back to back. Two sixteen for serious emotional aesthetic reasons, and then seventeen just if you want to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so our last ranking for today: one, one best, one worst. What were your favorite and least favorite, uh, and actually not best and worst, just favorite, favorite and least favorite shadow game? Because I will yeah. say my rankings are not necessarily best and worst. It was literally just what did I enjoy the most versus what did I hate? Okay, so best game. Mine, my best game, this is a very weird one and I can't fully justify it, mm-hmm. but I ended up picking the game with a bouquet of roses from the popularity contest episode oh yeah I picked that too. <laughs> even though it's so short oh you had that one too yeah i yeah. love that one. Oh, even yes it's so short mm-hmm. but it's really simple mm-hmm. in it's... a way that is also very effective because not only does the the justification for him like where he's like oh but you not but the rose in your hair also counts that mm-hmm. completely works yes in terms of like I feel like the first time I watched it, I was also like, oh shit, I didn't realize that the rose in her hair Yeah, it tricks you too. It's so great when you're watching a game and you're not sure how he's going to get out of it. That's yes. my favorite shadow games. And it's not like, exactly. it's not like luck-based or random chance, which and again, part of the shadow game is It doesn't feel like bullshit because mm-hmm. he's literally like, it's we wordplay. said yeah. the roses that you had, mm-hmm. not like the roses in the bouquet. So it totally works um, in a way where you believe that she's tricked but also when you point it out you're not like come on yami that's yes. BS. the way you are with some of the other ones like <laughs> exactly yeah no i totally agree i i love that one it's it's very simple but effective and i think because mm. uh, another thing is to sort of bring back like for example the model the game that they play in the model episode that i don't like i, I don't like it mostly because it takes up the whole episode it's like an interesting game that I'd actually like to play, but the problem is mm-hmm. when it takes so long to explain, it just tanks the whole episode. Whereas yeah. 19 is a super enjoyable episode, partially because the game is, the game, I think it's actually one of the shortest games. It's like, mm-hmm. only takes 45 seconds. Um, I actually almost put um, Raijin High as the best, one of my best shadow games, Yeah, but I do think it is actually just what you said. I remember thinking that like, it was a cool game. Mm-hmm. that I would like to play, which, by the way, <laughs> I also was like, I was looking for something else a few weeks ago on, and I found out that somebody actually did make, like, an online Raijin High, and they posted it on the Yu-Gi-Oh! Oh. subreddit, so we should play that sometime, just for we fun. We should. Things. Link it if you yeah. can. That's yeah, we awesome. should play that on the podcast, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, then, when I thought about it more, I was like, oh, well, it wasn't really... I think that actually, like, that game would have mm-hmm. worked a lot better in the manga absolutely because they could have done descriptive text yeah yeah we talked about this before about how the manga has a little more freedom with making up games because it doesn't 
having like a panel that's just like a big list of all the rules of a game doesn't slow down the story in the same way that having somebody verbally explain game rules does in the anime yeah so to summarize it's the best game because it's short effective easy to communicate it's a logical trick that also tricks the viewer and And it's it's also just like aesthetically appealing exactly yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah i i didn't think that you would pick that too but i felt very like "Mm." i I like also immediately remembered it when i was thinking of my favorite game so Good job, writers, because yet again, that's unique to the anime. So good job, Toei. Yeah, because I think because I think if if the question was what's your favorite shadow game from the manga, mm-hmm. I would have a, probably have a different answer. Which oh, I'm absolutely. not sure what I. Oh, would mine answer. from the manga easily would be the one from episode two, which is the one with like choose the finger. And the reason why I didn't and like with the lighter versus the drink, you know, when they're yeah, yeah, yeah. the standoff in the restaurant. The reason I didn't choose this in the anime is because nobody gets burned alive. <laughs> that's totally valid. Yeah, that's basically what I was about to say, was that some of the ones that come to my mind as my favorites from the manga, they were changed in the anime in ways that I thought made them worse. Exactly. So I, yeah, I didn't um, want to put them, so that's where I went with. So for mm-hmm. my least favorite shadow game, mm-hmm. um, I put, I, I had kind of a hard time because there weren't really any that I had like super strong negative opinions on, yeah. but I put down two that just popped into my head. Um, I've written down the bomb flower clock because it makes no sense, which is from the amusement park episode when he's oh, like, yeah. oh, it's a flower clock was the true answer. And then he goes up in this thing and then they're just like releasing colors. Another bad change is, too from manga. I do think that the, the, the idea that like, oh, the bomber is in the compartment, that uh-huh. is a cool like mystery twist or whatever. But it was definitely not, there was a lot of stuff in that episode where it was just like, how, like, it's such a leap of logic. Yeah. I think I might have even made this comparison on the episode, but it felt kind of like the 1960s Batman show Riddler riddles where <laughs> Batman would solve them and you would be like, how the huh? fuck would that be like the answer? Except that they're not doing it deliberately for comedy the way that Adam West Batman was. So, yeah. Um, yeah not a great recommendation and then my other one was um the one from the psychic prediction guy episode because the anime like specifically went out of its way to change a perfectly decent game from the manga to like make less sense and be worse exactly (laughs) i think honestly a lot of my least favorite games are ones where they changed them from the manga and added a bunch of padding to because they needed they wanted to fill the runtime and it's like Mm -hmm. i would have much rather had padding that was like goofy character moments even if they were kind of stupid because at least that's fun versus like literally making the game more complicated and i remember actually number number 13 is not uh my choice for worst game but i thought about it just because i was like i remember too they made it not only more confusing they made it just like not make sense yeah they made it more confusing in a way that didn't make sense and in a way where and and that's a game where like for some of the the, some of the games that they changed i understand that why they like had to do it because of censorship Mm -hmm. like i understand why the guy doesn't get burned alive because they decided that they didn't want to show that on you know kids tv or whatever but for that one they literally just changed it for the sake of changing it like it didn't it wasn't any less like appropriate or anything so yeah so mm-hmm. my least favorite shadow game, kind of already talked about this a little, but it was from episode 12, which was the Electric Memory game with Ryu. Mm-hmm. I hate this game because 
I don't mind the concept of having like a character who's like so lucky that he's used to everything. But like I hate how the twist is like, oh, the electricity goes out for a bit and it resets it. Like I think it would have been more interesting to see the character, uh, the lucky character sort of realize that his luck kind of like was had run out. Not in terms of he suddenly started getting his ass beat, but realized he had to actually like fight for it. And maybe seen some interesting stuff where it's like, oh, he's better. He's not a total pushover, even if his luck isn't working. Like, it was just yeah. a complete dud. And also, I just hate games where Yami wins and it's, like, luck and chance based. That's why I actually didn't really like the yeah. final arc. Because I know he does some dice strategies, but I way prefers when he... I way prefer it when he actually outsmarts his opponent. But again, that's why, like, the Rose <laughs> game and the restaurant game are so good. Versus... Yeah, that's why... That's what I thought. Um, I was thinking the same thing about the... Uh, electric luck game which is yep. that I, I thought they were going to do and I would have preferred to see something where like because Fuwa is so confident in himself and his luck um, Yami is able to like outwit him or like trick him into a position where luck can't help you so it ends up being like yes. skill over luck you know or something skill like that luck, and then it's also like a classic thing of like hubris like his overconfidence becomes his exactly. downfall like it's a it's a classic but it's a goodie whereas this it literally was just oh turns out Yami's more lucky than you and that's it and it's mm -hmm. like oh okay sure um and the electricity went out <laughs> yeah so not a total dud of the episode I, I yet again i didn't put it in my least favorite episodes just because i think so much of that episode is so fucking weird and funny in terms of like how his views of luck and like everything about that character and how people react with him but the game is just easily my least favorite like i remember just being mm -hmm. actively disappointed um so yeah so that's that's my final ranking. is that the episode where like isn't that doesn't that episode also have a scene where like some children almost get hit by a car? <laughs> well, yes, and then and then he like goes to help them, but then he's like, "Wait, I don't want to touch you. You'll give me your bad luck." Like they fall over after almost having run over a guy's car. What is this show, man? <laughs> <laughs> so good. So yeah, those are those are our rankings then. So yeah. yet again, I think it's been very fun. The fact that it was more fun, it was more difficult to choose my favorites just because there were so many good memories. I think that's a good sign, you know. Mm -hmm. but yeah if yeah. you want to start um, diving into your discussion questions then i want to actually like take a quick step sideways into another thing oh sure just because i feel like this would be like a weird thing to end on but i want to do it in this episode which fair, is that fair. throughout the previous season we've been doing these like voice actor fun facts and i realized oh, as yeah. we were wrapping up that um i hadn't gotten to honda's voice actor yet mm -hmm. but also that he's the only um like one of the main cast or important side characters who like actually has an interesting career because like a couple of the like the the voice actors for like bakura and mokuba like i looked them up and they hadn't really done anything else Fair. that was interesting so i wanted to talk but i also felt like it'd be weird to end our season zero wrap up with honda's voice actor so i wanted to do it in here in the middle and then go back to more wrap up -y stuff afterwards if that makes sense totally makes uh, sense yeah let's so yeah, yeah. Honda, so get here's in there. Some, some trivia so yeah so honda's voice actor is named in season zero is named uh ryo taru okiayu and um he started voice acting in like the early 90s um he had some one-off roles in uh like some shows like i think he was in a minor role in dragon ball and then he was in sailor moon um as a couple of one-off roles and then at, he was um tiger's eye who is one of the amazon trio villains in the super s season which 
this Ooh. ties into what we were talking about earlier about Sailor Moon mini boss villains who are delightful. <laughs> like <laughs> it all loops back together. I love the Amazon trio because they're just like three fuckboys who hang around in a bar. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> and they have like a really funny dynamic. Um and yeah, Tiger's Eye is, is funny. Um he was in the original Fire Emblem OVA as um Abel who is the green cavalier guy yeah yeah I, I sort of know that one from Fire Emblem Heroes <laughs> yeah the the OG red and green cavaliers are Cain and Abel and why are they named that just because <laughs> <laughs> then uh he was in the video game Castlevania Symphony of the Night and he voiced <gasps> Alucard oh my god I love game oh that's so yeah. cool i haven't played the japanese version though that's awesome the yeah. english one is ho- english voice acting is horrible so maybe i should turn is, on the japanese that, one is symphony of the night the one with like what is a man a no. pile of secrets <laughs> that's that all is, I know about Castlevania. that is um the game preceding it with richter which the name is like rambo blood maybe but it's it's in the same trilogy because castlevania mm-hmm. the whole point is like it's different belmonts so it's the same belmont but uh, it's the second game of that trilogy during that time period. I think it's like 1700s France or something. So, but the voice acting is that of that kind of consistent quality, and Alucard's nice. is no better. Yeah. Then he was in Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, and then after that, he was in. This was funny to me. He was in Gravitation, um, which is like I don't know if you've heard of that, Jenny, but I'm it's not. one of the like iconic mid 2000s Yaoi like BL type series. And he was a character named Claude, who I think is like a not the main couple, but all a right, side right. character who is also gay. Um, he was in the original Fruits Basket as uh, Shigure Soma, mm. the dog. Oh, I know Shigure, <laughs> the, <laughs> the worst demon Zodiac himself. character. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the worst by far. I actually like him, but I. I like Shigure in like. This is not a Fruits Basket podcast, but True. I have a, I have a Soma like Zodiac ranking. My <laughs> quick Shigure is that he's my least favorite. He's a horrible man, but a really interesting character, and that's all yeah, I'll say yeah. about him. Mm-hmm. He was in the original Full Metal Alchemist as Scar. Oh damn, this guy's got quite a thing. A lot of deep voice characters too. And then he was in Bleach as a uh, Byakuya, who is the like older brother guy with the white like noodles in his hair. He's okay. Rikia's older brother. Um, okay, I don't know Bleach well enough. All I know is <laughs> okay. May. He was like a pretty major character in Bleach. And then um, he actually has another, uh, he hasn't done a whole lot of voice acting lately, but mm-hmm. he actually has another Castlevania connection in that he was the, in the Netflix Castlevania. Ooh, which I like a lot. He's the Japanese dub of uh, Ralph Belmont, the main character. Ralph? His name is Trevor. We said Ralph Belmont on Behind the Voice Actors. I don't know. But it's the, it's, who's Ralph Belmont? There's nobody named Ralph, so I don't know what's up with that. Who's Ralph? Who's Hang Ralph? on, I'm literally Googling this. I need to know. Oh, apparently his name is Ralph in Japanese. That's so weird that they changed it to from Trevor to Ralph. Trevor Belmont, known in Japan as Ralph, it's Ralph Belmont. Belmont. Okay, whatever. <laughs> So I guess he was Ralph because it was the Japanese dub. That's he baffling. was technically Ralph slash Trevor. Well, what an illustrious career. That's really cool. 
a lot of people I know. Yep. And um, my only like interesting fun fact about him is that uh, his wa- he's married to um, a fellow voice actor named Ai Maeda, and his wife is best known for playing a Sailor Pluto in Sailor Moon and was also in Persona. Oh, wait, as who in Persona? It says Chihiro in Persona 4. Aww, she's like a cute karate girl. That's cool. Yeah. So that's Honda's voice actor. So yeah, he's done a lot of like manly type characters. And yeah, he's been in a lot of other stuff um, that just like I didn't know about. I didn't think it would be like interesting to mention. Seems like a lot of kind of side character. Well, good for Honda. Glad we were able to get to that. Even though we don't like Honda very much, no shade to the VA. So. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, should we do those discussion, like, type questions? Yeah, let's get into yeah, it. Yeah, so let me let me read these, because these are the ones that um, Jenny came up with the ranking concepts, and then I kind of came up with these questions, um, which, uh, oh, also we have our, um, I put out a call for any listeners to answer, to ask us questions. We only got one response, but I do think we need to answer it. But uh, we'll start with mine. So I said, my first thing that I said we could talk about was, um, what was, and again, this doesn't necessarily have to be your definite best, but something that you thought that the anime added that wasn't in the manga, that was like a really good addition, like what was the best thing? Mio. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think easy. you were gonna say that. I was like, that's it's it's the easy answer. I love every Miho episode. I think Miho is actually a really good addition. I know she can be like ditzy, which is like kind of if you're not into that character type, I understand. But it's a very mm-hmm. fun, interesting dynamic to the group. The only negative of that is the the problem is the scales of fate then tipped and made Honda completely unlikable, but mm-hmm. Here's my hot totally. take. The problem is Honda's not even really that interesting in the manga. So even though he's unlikable, at least he has something to do. Because unfortunately, he suffers in the manga from syndrome of Joey, but not as prominent syndrome, where he's like kind of similar yeah. to him, but doesn't have I as much to do. I agree with you. Because that's actually, I was thinking about this too, and I decided that that was also my answer, which is that mm-hmm. I really do like having Miho around. I like having another female character in the group. It's also really nice that they make Miho and Anzu have a bunch of, like, friendship moments and have, like, a really good yeah. dynamic. Because they could have made it, like, it's a rival for Yugi's affection, or, like, they're fighting, totally. or whatever. But, like, they have a realistic where, like, and it's not all Sunshine's and Rosalings, like, occasionally, especially Anzu gets understandably annoyed with Miho. It's, like, it's just, like, mm-hmm. a very realistic, fun girl friendship. Gal pals. Yeah, uh-huh. they have a good female friendship vibe going on, which is pretty, ra- which is very rare in Yu-Gi-Oh, which is very, like, male-centered series. So it's mm-hmm. it's a refreshing dynamic. Um, and yeah, so I wish, I just wish we could have had Miho without the weird, like, Honda sipping element, because she, she can't be fine. It's even fine that he has a crush on her, it's just the fact that it's all he does gets really annoying. It's so over the top, and so, like, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I would have liked, I think, again, we're getting into this, like, weird, like, script doctor territory, but I, I mean, Honda's, like, season zero Honda's two character traits are, I fucking love cleaning and I fucking love Miho and it's like I'll be honest the cleaning thing is actually worse than the Miho crush to be frank yes yeah but it also comes up less often I think that's true (laughs) but it's worse that's it's worse yeah I would have liked to see um Honda having a similar backstory in the as he does in the manga 
but with a little more stuff added to him to make him more like nuanced. Because mm-hmm. I understand, I mean, I guess this is just my like inability to get past my view of the character and what I have the nostalgia for because I can never really whenever Honda gets in and starts talking about cleaning and following the rules and shit a part of my brain is just immediately like that's fake that's not Honda Honda is like a punk like Joey which I get why they wanted to change that to make them more distinct but it still bothers me yeah they just went way overboard in making him a prep like it would have been way more interesting if like maybe he was still like he was like struggling with his punk impulses but he was trying to turn it around unlike like and be nice or maybe okay wait here's my suggestion this just came to me mm-hmm. what if you put some of the like cleaning and rule following stuff but to a lesser extent because with it's pretty annoying with honda like tone it down but put that on miho like have yeah. her be like ooh, like we have to clean up and have her be like civically minded or whatever and or involved in, like student government or some shit like that so then honda who was the punk is now trying to clean up his act to like impress her yes clean up his act i actually think you could have it's it would have been really funny too because i think you could make that work and keep miho totally in character because like you could totally see her ditzily going like i joined the beautification committee because i want to be more beautiful and then it's like yes. she's like <laughs> and then it's like she's like oh i have to do all this cleaning and and like honda completely misunderstands and thinks oh she's like really into cleaning and she's like kind of into it but mostly she's just into it because oh, she's misunderstanding. <laughs> like that would be like an actually hilarious dynamic because he keeps on trying to like win her heart by being like doing all this cleaning stuff and she's like oh i guess that's good mm. but like it just complete disconnect would have been really fucking yeah. funny and what i actually like in in the original Miho manga chapter, like, that version of Miho is portrayed, she's only in the one chapter, she doesn't really talk, and she doesn't have much of a personality, but the idea is that she's, like, a very shy and, like, sweet girl, mm-hmm. but, um, I, so it doesn't really bother me that they gave her, like, a completely different personality, because I didn't have, like, an attachment to this one-off character who doesn't do anything, but what I do like about that chapter is how Honda, who's this tough guy, gets very, like, nervous and blushy yes. and kind of awkward around her. Mm-hmm. So I think I would have liked to have seen something kind of like that, because I think that if, like you said, Honda isn't different enough from Joey and what he does, yeah. I think that if you keep the same Honda personality, but make Miho a member of the main cast, it actually like, does enough. Having yeah. that kind of a reaction to her does enough to give him more distinction and like more stuff to do if he's being pulled in between those two like points of yeah, like stuff that motivates him. So yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well we've we've solved wow. it. We could have we could have we just fixed totally it, fixed guys. It. Like why didn't you let us write the anime? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so that's kind of, that kind of is linking into our second question then, though I do have some more stuff to talk about for that one. Yeah, what was the biggest, my second question was like, the kind of the opposite of the first one was like, what's the biggest sort of misstep or the worst change where they should have kept the manga story the same? And I have two answers for this. One of them is like a big general one, and then one of them is really petty. Yes. So I want to know what your your well, answer. The Honda would be. stuff, and I I do want to say I want to preface by saying there's like a lot of petty stuff I could include, but honestly, I understand that censorship rules, and we'll we'll never know what '90s broadcast television Japanese censorship was like. A lot of the censorship changes, even though they were a little stupid, like, I don't know the restrictions, so I'm not really going to obsess over that. 
Um, but in terms of biggest misstep, I really do think it was kind of the game masters. And yet again, I wouldn't say it's like worse. It was just like completely underutilized potential, not interesting. We don't get the villain squad. And honestly, all of their episodes except for diamonds are weak. And the only reason it isn't weak is because we get Kaiba backstory. So he didn't even have to be a game master. If it was literally just, here's my robot butler that I keep alive in the Kaiba medical castle. Like him being a game master, it's like why even have glowing orb pillars if you're not going to have them like come out in a more yeah, interesting my way? My gargoyle pillars and this magic glowing necklace and shit like that. Like, there's all this interesting trapping stuff. It seems like they had this game master idea and then they just got bored of it and didn't use it well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So my my answers for this was that, um, and then my petty one, which is I'm <laughs> still not over. Kaiba not losing, but drawing and then teleporting away with a card called Gremlin. <laughs> that is episode, to be honest, did laugh a lot, did have a lot of did have a lot of fun talking about that and being like, what the fuck, on our episode about it. Did enjoy the creation <laughs> yes. of the girl I'm teleporting <laughs> like lore of our podcast. Yeah, but so, so it the- bothers me because it makes no sense and it yeah. changes Kaiba's character in a way that I don't really love. So Yeah. So the Honda stuff <laughs> and the Game Master stuff, just because I think those yeah. are, are pretty big missteps. And yet again, I think we've kind of already workshopped how you could improve those. And that's the that's the worst mm-hmm. part is when you see the potential and you're just like, ugh, and they're taken from you. So what's yeah. your what are your two things? Um, I just said them. Uh oh, my my petty thing was the gremlin teleporting stuff. And then I guess I didn't specifically say this. My worst thing was Honda simping over Miho because it really annoys me every time it happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just very annoying. So then my next um question was uh what was our favorite episode, not of the show, but of our podcast? <laughs> Uh, what was e- yours? Easy number number seven, which is the digital pet episode. Just because exploring that together with that ab- absolutely bananas twist. That was so fun. So yes. good. I so I actually I do listen to most of the episodes, and that and the one for episode eleven, which is like one with the Warshibe and the egg, uh, are two of my most common re-listens. Just because uh, they have great twists. They're just so weird i i like i love it i think it's it's one of my favorites i i yeah seven has a lot of great moments and uh it didn't make any of my favorite lists just because the digital pet isn't much of a game but i think but it, it was, was one of the ones that was the most fun to talk about for yeah, sure yeah i yeah. guess that episode all of our guests yes. are great but still yes yes totally yeah mine i like honestly i think my favorite episodes i had so much fun of, on all of our guests episodes exactly but i think too if I if I had to pick one that I think was so much fun and that I especially liked was the one with Erin mm-hmm. where we were making her guess what the ships were going to be <laughs> yeah. um, because I loved that like I love that dynamic and I love talking to any of our guests and getting that that dynamic going on because it's always it's always really fun because um, yeah I don't know and now I feel like I'm like shading you for being like my favorite episodes for the one where we had somebody else no no i i completely agree i completely agree because no matter even for people that are really Yu-Gi-Oh experienced it's always just fun to get a fresh perspective and i especially love it when people mm-hmm. don't have as much Yu-Gi-Oh background because then mm-hmm. like just having their complete what the fuck is going on is really really fun so no i don't trust mm-hmm. me i do not take it as an insult i completely agree <laughs> yeah so that one and then um Another one of our episodes that I had a ton of fun on were the ones where we talked about the um, manga chapters. Yeah, uh, yeah, those so were good that was too. Some of the most fun. 
Mm -hmm. You never did send me that picture you promised to send me of the fucked up cheetah statue that your grandpa made. Oh my god, and I'm at my house. I'm going to send it to you tonight, I, I swear. Okay. I'm at my house now. You've always asked I'm me when I'm literally like... You've always asked me when I'm away from my house, so I'm like, I can't... Nobody's at my house. But today I I'm will at make my house. This fuck, I'm going to make the fucked up cheetah statue the um like show the episode image for this episode on our Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> just love the lack of context on that okay i'll take a really good picture then uh okay um, yeah yeah that's... so my last mm-hmm. last thing was uh, sorry did you have something else you were just nope, saying nope. okay yeah so my last thing was like as we wrap oh wait first of all we should answer our one um listener yes. question we received <laughs> which is that so let me see exactly how it's phrased mm-hmm. <laughs> one of our previous guests Cree, said Fuck, Mary kill the four game masters minus gaming grandpa because he's already at death's door. <laughs> oh, which so, is disappointing. Great question. Um, uh, yeah, I've already I've got it locked down. Oh, me too. Um, I I already have my answers. For I this. think we might have identical answers. Not gonna lie, okay, but let's see. My answers is um fuck Eileen because she's a hot model. Yes, and she's crazy. <laughs> also, yes. <laughs> Uh, Mary, um, doll man. Because yes. He's rich. Yes, he's rich and eccentric, and he you could just be his trophy wife in his English castle while he ignores you to play with dolls. You can blend in with his dolls. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Also, I've always thought that doll like customization and stuff was kind of a fun hobby that I would. I've always been like, do you ever have those? Do you have those things where you're like, I know that this is a hobby that some people are very into and I feel like I have the potential to get extremely into this but I'm never going to because I know that it would like be way too expensive and like way too much of like a time suck for me but Mm -hmm. like if in another world that's what doll collecting is for me I feel like in another world there's a version of me who's extremely into doll collecting (laughs) and doll customizing and and you'll be his (laughs) wife and that version of you is this guy's wife I just want to marry like he's just Eileen no way I could marry that because she's fucking crazy and I don't like big cats uh whereas like I feel Mm -hmm. like I could have a very chill uh chaste marriage with this crazy old doll guy Exactly. And kill we kill Fua because he sucks. Exactly. <laughs> I Are literally was like, I, think we're Fua, I guess that you are not gonna get lucky this time. <laughs> but I'm bumped. <laughs> Excellent yes. question though. Thank you. Uh it was fun to consider. Great, great question. Thank you. <laughs> um one other thing that popped into my head, like literally just now, as we've been talking about this, as like one last question. So this is not something that I sent you before because I know we sent each other these questions in advance so this is just off the top of my head but like has there been anything as you've been watching these where you feel like your opinions have changed or that have like changed your perspective on Yu-Gi-Oh or characters Mm. or anything like that because I know that you've seen this before and then for me I hadn't seen season zero before but I know that there were there were some things that I like noticed in the manga that I hadn't noticed before and like some things that I thought about that I hadn't thought about before. I will say things that I'd never considered was I'd never really thought about until we started talking through this. The It was really fun to sort of guess and conceptualize how Yugi 
thought of his sort of blackout episodes and try to piece together mm-hmm. like how conscious and when his friends figured out um mm-hmm. because i just had never bothered before and i actually think season zero does a moderately good job of keeping it pretty consistent when you think he starts to realize and when Anzi yeah. realizes and so like that was really fun to figure out and because I think the manga definitely takes an approach of it doesn't give him like any internal thoughts, but because they had to pad a little bit, they actually give him more moments where he's like, sometimes I black out or, or, and him either, you see him sort of like compartmentalize, which I thought was very cool character moment for Yugi, where he's just like, I'm not going to worry about it. And you also see Anzu, since she was the first friend to know, and she actually kind of knows about it even before Yugi does, her reactions mm-hmm. to various things. So that really changed my perspective, and I think it, it gave me more idea of, like, how the group would interact in the future. Um, mm-hmm. So that was really cool, and that was something completely unique to this um, watch-through of Season Zero that I really appreciated. Um, yeah. Also, it was really fun to talk about the mechanics of shadow games. Like, I was re-listening to some of our episodes, and I Lord. love how we talk about exactly how shadow games work, and it's like, is this a liminal space? Can, can Yami just, like, pull items that he needs out of anywhere? When does the shadow game officially start? Because there's lots with very fluid starts where it's like, when did when did it start? Versus, is he literally just setting a guy on fire? And yeah, how does this work? I like how there's not always clear answers because I think that's part of the fun is then like you can mm-hmm. debate and like bring up evidence. So it was really fun to consider the mechanics more. What about you? That's a really good answer and a lot more thoughtful than <laughs> anything I was gonna say. <laughs> what I was gonna say was. Um, well, first of all, I feel like it made me think more critically about the manga because I have a really, really strong nostalgia appreciation for the manga. And I do think that this was kind of my first instinct going in just because this is how my brain works and how I work and I that's fine. That's okay. It's okay to be attached to stuff that you read when you were eight years old that was like very important to you as a kid. That's fine. But I was afraid that my first response to anything being changed from the manga was just going to be like, hey, this was better than the manga. Why did they change it? I want it to be exactly the same. But I was a little, I was able to step back a little bit and to think about like, there were some times when I was like, I understand why they changed that. And like, or like, this was actually better in the anime than in the manga. Or like, here's like a chapter or two of the manga, like comparing them, like this wasn't the best or this was better. And like, I wish they had done this this and this so that was mm-hmm. there for me so oh, cool. that was nice and I noticed a couple of like little background detail things in the manga that I hadn't noticed before and then the other thing that I was going to say which is really stupid is that I feel like I made me start liking rival shipping more <laughs> um, uh oh for those of you who haven't uh who don't keep up with who haven't kept up with our perhaps our ship Yensen game <laughs> or don't know the ship names that's uh yugi and kaiba i that's which is a ship that i've never like thought about at all basically because i've always just been like this isn't important to me but now i I kind of i was seeing moments this time when i was like hmm i i kind of understand why people ship this but it's still not my favorite but now i'm like hmm, i get it but i don't know we'll keep an eye on that as it progresses yeah (laughs) we'll keep an eye on that little bud intriguing i did not expect that but i'm we'll keep an eye on that Okay, and yes, so the very last thing on our list of stuff we wanted to talk about was what are the things that you're most looking forward to uh, now that we're moving forward from season zero? Um, What are the things you're most looking forward to in Duel Monsters, or at least in season one of Duel Monsters? Because I know there's like specific stuff from later seasons. Yeah, let's let's keep it to season one because there's just so much stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. So I have three things. 
Um, yeah. one, I also have three things. This surprised me. I am actually kind of looking forward to the card game. We talked about this a bit when we are going to the movie. It was really fun, and I'm going to eat my words after, like, three fucking seasons of Duel Monsters. Hell yeah. <laughs> Duel Monsters can be fun. I'm, I miss all the cards, like, the classic cards. You know, I, like, I want to see my boy, the Dark Magician. I want to see my girl, the Blue Eyes, White Dragon, some more. It can be a fun game. Uh, yet again, I'm going to eat those words after fucking 150 episodes of nothing but dual monsters. But for now, <laughs> it's not nothing but dual monsters. There's other stuff. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it still. Uh, number two, uh, number two, Pegasus. We've <laughs> we've got some pretty good villains from season zero, but just like Pegasus is easily like the best villain in Yu-Gi-Oh. He's so good. For me, he's not the best villain, but he has a ton of fun. Um, three, I'm really excited to see post-heart-shattering Seto some more, because I love his dynamic his with further character development with everybody in the group. I think his rivalry with Yami when he's no longer, like, batshit trying to kill everybody, um, his weird dynamic with Joey, but most importantly, the Kaiba-Mokuba relationship is so good in season one. It gets really good. Yeah, I don't want to get too into in too much detail into any of this stuff because yeah. I think we should try to stay spoiler-free, but yes. yeah. To, to very quickly summarize, excited to actually get to do a Monsters in detail, Pegasus, who's, who will be the villain, and then... Kaiba character development Kaiba character general. development, yeah. yeah. So those yeah. are my three things. Mine, my, my, I actually also wrote down three things, and my three things that I'm looking forward to in Duel Monsters is, one, generally higher animation budget. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. <laughs> um, and then I put, really excited about meeting the new characters, uh, the new characters that we're meeting, especially Pegasus and also Mai, um, who is oh, another yeah. really good character. Oh, <laughs> Whammon. <laughs> yeah. I love whammon. So really quickly, the fact that we'll never get Miho my interaction is literally I've mentioned this I think in previous episodes. Tragedy. It's, it's a true tragedy upon mankind. I'm sorry, continue. Yeah. And then my third thing is I'm I think it's gonna be really fun being able to compare um not just anime versus manga, but also sub versus dub. Mm -hmm. And I feel like um why the fuck did four kids do this is going to replace why the fuck did Toei Animation do this? <laughs> so running, true. Uh, consistent theme of our uh conversations. Mm -hmm. And I think that's gonna be fun. There's a real charm to um, goofy um, early 2000s anime dubbing, even though sometimes it's bad that you just don't get these days. Mm -hmm. And so that's going to be that's going to be entertaining. Yeah. yeah, there's just so much to look forward to. So to sort of summarize season zero, it's been so much fun. I'm going to miss a lot of stuff about it. Not only my girl Miho, but just some of the arts, the diversity of games, uh, a lot of the character moments. I think it really does have good pacing. But I am really looking forward to Duel Monsters, too. So it's been yeah. a wonderful journey. And thank you to all our listeners for following this yeah, far. Thank you so much. I'm really glad that I finally watched all of season zero because like yeah. i said I've, I've said at the beginning of this i had never actually watched it before i think because okay first of all in general i don't watch a lot of tv i don't watch a lot of and especially subtitled tv just because that's how my brain works mm -hmm. that's my like adhd brain i find it very difficult to 
focus on television unless it's like my very favorite thing ever or I'm like doing it for a purpose or something so um I had never that's why I had never gotten around to watching all of uh, okay, season yeah. zero before um so yeah it just it, it took something like this to make me actually commit to watching the whole thing and I'm very glad that I did because then I'm very glad that I'm being fully completionist about the like Yu-Gi-Oh experience or <laughs> whatever <speed> run. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. and yes thank you so much to all of our listeners mm-hmm. and all of our guests and everything yeah. everyone else i was like who else is there to thank there isn't it's just us thank you to you jenny for being a good co-host <laughs> and thank you to you ellie for being an amazing co-host and editor. Mm-hmm. um yeah. so yeah looking forward to you guys joining us i think our next episode is going to go off next week we might take a week off in between the seasons to give me some more time to get caught up on like recording and editing but I think it's pretty sure it's good should go up next week. We are going to have a guest for that. Um, we brought in a friend of mine who um, had never watched any Yu-Gi-Oh! at all before and has absolutely zero knowledge to like test uh, how well the beginning of Duel Monsters works. As, and um, we will see. <laughs> an introduction. And uh, so that's going to be fun because I always like uh, introducing Yu-Gi-Oh! to new mm-hmm. people. So yeah. Um, All right. Goodbye, everybody. See you next week. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Battle City Broads. If you have any comments, you can contact us at Battle City Broad on Twitter without the S or by emailing us at battlecitybroads at gmail.com.